Okay, first of all, tough week. We lost uh, Eddie Money and Rick Ocasek within days of each other. So, tough week. As two guys I really enjoyed listening to, and if you don't know who those guys are, shame on you. But, <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, in the conference play now, we've, we've wrapped up <clears throat> the non-conference. Um, as I mentioned after the game, I think we're in the position we expected to be and did exactly what we had hoped, which was to uh, you know, go 3-0. and uh, Got to go down to the Coliseum this week and uh, short turnaround, you know, Friday nighter. And so uh, accelerates preparations and, and uh, we got to, uh, you know, got to have a great uh, three or four days of preparation. and. And go down there and hopefully play well. I mean, that's that's. I don't know what more to say. They, they're a potent team. They've got a lot of, a lot of talent on the team. There is no difference in their talent level now than any really, really any year that uh, we faced them since we've been in the Pac-12. At least to, in my estimation, they've got a receiving core that's one of the best in the country. Um, of course, the quarterback has only had a couple games. The, the new QB uh, that was thrust in there due to injury, but uh, they got talent, and so it's it's SC, and so there's no, no, uh, you know, no, nothing different than like I said, what we've experienced for what nine years now. So, questions? Schematically, what was BYU able to do to keep? Canelo's nothing focus? much. They had 450 plus yards, and the big deal in that game is they turned it over three times to three picks. That was the huge deal. You know, they still got their 450 plus, ran the ball effectively, 170 plus running the ball, and so there was no uh, schematic uh, thing that was an obstacle. The obstacle was two of the picks led to 10 points, and the other one ended the game, and so that was the that was the difference in that game. You started off the conference 0-2 last year. You still won it. This is a big game, but next week's a big game, and week after is a big Absolutely. game and everything. So yeah. how do you balance the emotions to make sure that they're ready, but they're not overly emotional? Well, that's always a challenge as, as you know, as coaches. you gotta, you got to keep uh, the team on somewhat of an even keel. I mean, you want to play with passion and energy and be juiced up for the game, but but you got to play within the framework of the of the uh, offense and of the defense and, and make sure that you – you know, you don't, uh, uh, you know, just uh, let your emotions get the best of you. And so that's something that, that I think this team this is a mature team. You know, this team seems to handle their business very well. And uh, my guess is that we'll go down there and, and uh, not overreact, just, you know, play our game. So hopefully that's what happens. Did, uh, did BYU play a lot more drop eight zone stuff and Stanford more man? What was the difference in the way those two teams defended the pass? Exactly that. Yeah, there was a lot of drop eight last week or two days ago and uh, a high dose, high, high dose of drop eight. And then uh, Stanford was more uh, man to man, although that wasn't exclusive. They did mix in some zones, but, but certainly more man to man against Stanford and, and more drop eight uh, last week. How much do you like to just do what you do, and how much do you let previous games inform how a team needs to be defended? I think it's a, com uh, a combination of the two. I mean, if if somebody has struggled with something, you want to, you know, if you don't have it in your package already, you implement it and see if they can handle. It. I mean, it's. Uh, you know, it's the age-old thing where, if, you know, it's just like our offense, we haven't hit movement very well, and so people keep doing it. And until we handle it, they'll keep doing it. And so uh, you can draw upon, you know, things in, in each game that that uh, you can utilize if it, if it fits what you're doing. You can't, you don't want to just wholesale change because of it, but if it's something that you have in your scheme already or, or something close, and you can, uh, you know, try to test them out again and see if they've uh, – got their problems fixed, then, then you do that, if that makes sense. 
With the next two weeks being an air raid offense, I mean, what, what challenges does that present to, to your defense? Well, uh, Washington State's still a different animal than, than USC, you know, when you talk about uh, the run-pass ratio and that type of stuff. You know, SC's much more balanced. But, uh, you know, the thing that creates the problems is those three wide receivers. I mean, those guys are really good. Uh, you know, 6'8 and 21. Those guys are as good a crew, I would think, as anyone in the country maybe the best in the country as far as just sheer ability. And so that, that presents a challenge. The running back runs hard. They got two. They use the Malpii kid more so than the car kid. But but uh, they're, they're, they got weapons. I mean, their offensive line is, you know, the usual the usual guys, the big, strong guys up front. They're athletic. Coach, are you expecting to be full strength on your offensive line this week? We hope so. I was hoping that we were hoping that last week and, and just weren't quite ready. Uh, for a couple of guys to play, but uh, another week, you know, of healing, and hopefully, and neither of those guys played a snap last week. We're talking about Johnny Maya and Orlando Yumana, and so we hope to get those guys back. And then uh, Tyler Huntley's completing 78% of his passes. How much yeah. is that just um, him making the right decisions, and how much credit goes to the receivers for holding on to those passes too? Both, and and also credit for the O line for for holding up and pass protection most of the time. We we don't have a sack yet, but we very well could have and sh probably should have had a few. But uh, it's a matter of Tyler uh, making good decisions. It's a matter of the receivers. There's been very few drops. Um, but the drops he's had, I mean, those were the catches we should have made. If we make all the catches we should have made, he's probably over, you know, way over 80%. But that, I guess you never catch every ball you should you should catch. But but uh, he's been just phenomenal. Uh, you know, haven't done a ton of throwing. You know, averaging about what 18 a game or something like that. So, but uh, the real key is is he has really embraced what we're doing offensively. Him and Andy really are on the on the same wavelength. You, you've always described USC as the benchmark at least in the South, if not the Pac-12. What's it been like for eight years to try to rise to that standard? Yeah, it's challenging. I mean, they have, uh, you know, they have their pick of the litter down there in Southern Cal, a, a fertile recruiting ground that, uh, that uh, you know, they can really draw about a 30-mile radius around their campus, and that's where they recruit and get all the guys for the most part. I mean, there's some some uh, imports, but but uh, it's it's been challenging, and I think we've we've you know, we've held our own. I don't I couldn't tell you what the series record is. It's probably pretty close to even. What is it? Three and five. Three and five. Not not quite even. So so we've uh, you know we've made progress. We're certainly more equipped now to to compete with them than we were back in '11 when we came in the league. I can tell you that. And of those four trips you've made to the Coliseum, is there a moment that stands out? Uh, yeah, several moments. Uh, you know, throwing three interceptions to the same linebacker a couple of years back, and and uh, uh, let's see, the the first time down there we had a field goal that I don't know if it would have tied it or won it. I think it would have tied the game, and we yeah that got botched. And so, um, uh, you know, yeah, there's been some not a lot of pleasant moments, but some unpleasant moments I can remember. Kyle, I realize you weren't there for most of it, but do you bring up the fact that it's been over 100 years since Utah's won a game at USC? No, no. I guess everyone's entitled to a bad decade or a bad century. Bad century. So, so uh, this game, fortunately, in our opinion, has nothing to do with the past 100 plus years. I mean, it's its own entity. It's a new challenge. It's, you know, history hasn't been good to us in that place, but we don't feel it has any bearing on this year. 
I know you don't talk about injuries, but do you anticipate Julian Blackman didn't play last week? We sure hope so. Yep, we sure hope so. Again, we, we had uh, four or five guys that were question marks for last game. One or two of them played, and the others didn't. But we hope we get them all back. It's, we'll just see how the week goes. You mentioned their uh, wide receiver is very talented. What have you seen from their quarterback? He's young, you know, un pretty much untested. But what have you seen from him so far? Very composed. Uh, you know, for a true freshman, you know, being thrust in there in the situation he's in, um, been impressed with how he's handled. His he's throwing the ball well. His efficiency rating is approaching 170, which is very good uh, for anybody, let alone a freshman. And uh, you know, he hasn't made a. Uh, a ton of bad decisions. He threw, did, we did have, they did have the three interceptions last week, and, but uh, you know there was some. It's just a a matter of him, uh, you know, settling in and, and continuing to gain confidence. But he's got all the tools. You know, he's got he's six two and he's got a good arm and he's he's uh, well. You can tell he's well coached in high school too. I mean, for where he's at right now, he was he was came in uh, pretty advanced as far as his uh, level of play. Kyle, USC is giving up 409 yards a game. That, that's a pretty big number. You talk about how they have all the athletes mm -hmm. that they traditionally have. How come they're giving up so many yards at this point? Well, uh, I don't have a great answer. I mean, uh, you know, they, they do have good players. I mean, Jay Tufeli, a, right, a homegrown kid right here, is, is playing tremendously well in the, the safety Tufanga that uh, – we recruited very heavily, so they got good players. Um, I don't have a great answer as to why they haven't been as efficient as they probably would have liked to have been. I don't, can't help you there. Coach, I know both teams are in the same boat, but what are the biggest challenges you have with a short week like this? Uh, well, fortunately for us, we've played less snaps than anyone in the Pac-12 through the first three weeks, and so there's less wear and tear. And that's that's one of the benefits of not playing fast is there's not as much wear and tear on your players. And that's that's something that matters. You know, people say that doesn't matter. It does matter. And, you know, you get down to week 10 and we've played 600 snaps of offense and someone else played 850. I mean, that's a lot. That's another two or three games worth. And so, uh, you know, so that in that case, in that, you know, with that in mind, the, the short week, you know, we don't feel as, as, as uh, is a huge deal for us because, at least from a physical standpoint, it's more getting getting the game plan implemented and getting the, the mental part of it down. Because and even last week against Idaho State, uh, the starters barely played you know half the game, most of them. So so we feel pretty fresh, and that the physicality of the first three games will not be a factor in this fourth game. It'll be it'll work in our favor, but but you still got to get the new game plan elements implemented and, and repped in practice. That's the bigger challenge. First time in four years that six Pac-12 teams are ranked. Is that are you kind of pleased with the depth of this conference as being rewarded? I don't really care about the depth. I care about us, and so it's nice to see. I guess that we're getting national recognition, but but uh, we just got you know we got to go through our schedule and play them all, and and uh, don't really pay a whole lot of attention to the rankings until you get to about mid-year. In my opinion, you don't have a great perspective, and I've said that over and over, and I think that's probably why the the college football playoff committee doesn't start until around mid-year because it takes some time to to get things sorted out. And so, but for at this point in the season to have six rank, it's, yes, that's a positive for the conference. For years when you were in the other conference, what's with the shades? I, just your future is so bright. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Set myself up for that one. All right. For Did you years, train of thought. No, no, never. Oh, okay. For years. 
you're <laughs> when you're in the other two conferences, if you had a game like this, it was such a big deal for exposure and recruiting. Well, now you're in the Pac-12 and you have several of these. This is a Friday night, though, and no other games are on. So how much of it is a big deal for exposure and recruiting compared to like where it used to be? Yeah, it certainly matters. It matters a great deal. And, and uh, you're right, we're under the spotlight this Friday. And, and uh, you know, pretty just, just like our own team, we play Saturday's game, Saturday games. We're in the hotel Friday night watching the game that's on. You know, the whole country's going to be watching. And so it's important you play well. And, and uh, you know, your brand is out there and getting exposure. And, and so that's a positive. But, but like I said, you gotta, you got to play well, which typically we've, you know, we've had some pretty good showings in those situations. You got to play a lot of guys who are backups in the second half of that Idaho State game. Did any guys emerge or maybe really solidify in a place where, like running back, you've been using multiple guys? Uh -huh. And if so, who are those guys? So did anybody of the backups give a good showing? Is that what you're asking? Give a good showing and kind of change the way you'll use them going forward based on what you saw. Okay, uh, good question. R.J. Hubert played very well at the safety spot in place of uh, Julian Blackman, and that was his first extensive uh, playing experience as a safety. Uh, he was predominantly an offensive player in high school, and so gained a lot of confidence in him and what he did and being able to use him uh, at either safety, really, if we need to, free or strong. Um, Jordan Wilmore did some good things at running back, as did uh, you know, Devin Brumfield, and, and uh, DHC got some carries. So, you know, they both, they, they all three ran hard and, and uh, protected the football. Um, Trying to think, Simi Mawala, who's been spent the last two weeks at tackle due to the injuries, has really played well. You know, overall, and that's his—he's just a redshirt freshman, and just he was a D lineman in high school, so O line's new to him, and so he—he he, uh, proved that he can hold up and and uh, and, and play good football. Um, trying to think, who else? Uh, Simi's the guy that really got the the opportunity on the O line because Paul Tawala took over for Johnny full time, where they were split in time, so there was really no new face there. Um, uh, Samisi Lawaki, he's going to be a, a really good defensive lineman, the one that got the the targeting call, I guess, the targeting call that I, I didn't see uh, a lot there. But but uh, he really showed up. And, you know, we'll probably, with the, with the glut of tackles that we have, most likely try to keep him under that five-game threshold so we can not count the year. But but he did a nice job as well. And Fua Pututau, number 50, the defensive end that is the fourth end. You know, we have Bradley and then uh, Mika and Max, then he's the next guy up. And he, he got some good reps too. So. Kyle, on Saturday, the, you kind of talked about the running backs maybe not getting as much as, as you would probably hope for. How much of that is probably, you know, just the, the depth at offensive line right now, not having your starters, and, and maybe just not even opening up the playbook as much as you probably expect? Well, the playbook continues to grow. I mean, I shouldn't say grow, but uh, get uh, installed. You know, you're still not at 100%, but, but the, play, the playbook is, uh, has been expanding each week. Um, and I just thought there were some times we could have maybe hit it a little harder in there with it, with those uh, those other three backs, the non-Zach Moss guys, and and uh, that'll come, you know, with experience, and and they'll figure it out. Jordan Wilmore, especially, he's just barely out of high school, so he's he's got a lot of growth that'll take place. But but uh, we're high on those guys. We think we got a good running back stable, and and uh, a lot of those guys are young. And and uh, Makai Bernard is also going to be a really good player. He's another guy that we're trying to to uh, get that redshirt year for. Kyle, I want to talk sex if we can for a minute. Sex? No. Sax. What do you say? Saxophone. Oh, sax. Yeah, sax. what do you think? Talk sax. Okay. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't go home. Thanks. <laughs> so, hey, uh, I've got to ask you about the fact that you guys haven't given up a sack yet. Is that the O-line? Is it Tyler? Is it a combination? Combination. Because, uh, like I said, there's been a handful of times that a quarterback not as athletic as Tyler would have gone down or would not have escaped. And so Tyler's done a nice job of, uh, you know, at least – Three or four, I can think of. Maybe there's five or six over the course of the, of the three games, but uh, he's done a nice job having pocket awareness and, and f sensing the rush and feeling it and getting himself out of some jams. And uh, not only to get out of a jam and run, but he's also got out of some jams and found open receivers, which you like to see. You don't you don't want to see a guy just scramble and automatically run. You know, it's nice to keep his eyes downfield as he's moving and and try to find someone downfield, which he's been able to do. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, Bradley and I had you know, the three sacks a couple weeks ago. And uh -huh. He said he'd like to be the next mayor of Sack Lake City. Do you support that candidacy? Yeah. I don't know who's been the mayors in the past. but Hunter Demick was the mayor? Okay. But uh, Bradley is... Uh, you know, he's going to take some work, but he has a chance to, to, to threaten that all-time sack record here at Utah, and he's, he's definitely within, uh, it's within reach, but he'll have to have a, a very good year, which we hope he does, obviously, and he's, he's off to a pretty good start. One more history question. As a child, do you have any memories of being around the Coliseum with, in the Rams days? Uh, yeah, well, it was... Uh, Gosh, I was so young when my father played there that I don't really remember that. And I wasn't a child, but when he was coaching for the Rams, I got to several of their games down there and watching Eric Dickerson. And, and that was their heyday, you know, when they, them and the Niners used to go back and forth in that rivalry. And, and so, uh, yeah, memories in the Coliseum, but not from when I was real young, but uh, when, when I was, uh, you know, following the Rams because my dad was coaching there. Okay, thank you.